Man, I don't got no cool stories to tell you guys, but I just want to complain. Is that cool? I can't believe COVID, it, um, it ruined my plans for this weekend, man. Like, it ruined my plans. I don't know what to say to that. Like, what do I do now, man, you know? Can I go to the birthday party I was planning on going to? I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty upset right now, you know? But anyway, guys, follow me on Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Watch the fights this weekend. I hope you guys have a great week and an even better weekend later. Peace. Everybody, welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian. UFC 277 was this weekend. Let's get into it. What crazy fights, man. You know, like, this is what upsets me sometimes. Like, on paper, it doesn't look like a good fight card. But then it happens, and you're like, wow, that was pretty good. And then ones that look like they're good on paper, they sometimes don't live up to the hype. But what can you do, man? What can you do? So we're going to talk about UFC 277, this weekend's upcoming fights, Santos versus Hill, which is also going to serve as the Ultimate Fighter finale. And then we're going to talk about the Davis and Figueredo, Brendan Moreno situation. We're going to talk about Dana White's comments on that, and then we'll have closing thoughts. So let's get into it. First up, recap of UFC 277. Amanda Nunez defeats Juliana Pena. Listen to these scorecards. 50-45, 50-44, 50-43. I should agree with those scorecards, especially the 50-43 one. Because she knocked her down three times in the third round. Brandon Moreno beats Kai Kara France. TKO body kick and punches. Round three. Bro, can we finally get more people to start going to the body? I understand that they like to headhunt, but... I'm telling you, man, bodywork is beautiful in MMA. Sergey Pavlovich defeats Derek Lewis. TKO punches. Early stoppage, man. Early stoppage. I won't ask you to run it back, but that was an early stoppage. Alexandre Pantoja defeats Alex Perez. Submission neck crank first round. Guy's a problem. This guy's a problem. Magomed Akilayev defeats Anthony Smith. TKO punches. Magomed's a problem. We'll see what he's going to do next, but that guy's a problem. You understand me? A problem. He's a problem. And then Alex Morno beats Matthew Samuel Samlisberger. Drew Dober beats Rafael, Rafael Alves. So I want to talk about Mago Merakilai versus Anthony Smith. This was my favorite fight of the whole card. And I didn't get to see the first round, but I saw the end. Anthony didn't look like he was faring too well. I think he hurt his knee somehow. And I don't know. I heard that Magomed checked the kick. And that's when Anthony's leg got compromised. So I don't know when that happened. It had to happen at some point in the first round. Because I didn't see the first round. But let's look at the rankings. 
where's Mago Man at now? So Mago Man is number three. Above him is Jan Brakovich, and then above that is Glover, and then Yiri. So, in my opinion, Yiri Prochaska says he already wants to fight Glover next, because he didn't like the way he performed in that fight. So if you're Mago Man Aquila, you, you either you try to rally for a fight with Jan Brakovich, or you fight Alexander Rakic. I would rather see him try to fight Brakovich because he he'll fight up and they haven't fought each other. And then I'd rather see Anthony Smith rematch Rakic because they both fought. And I don't know if Anthony was hurt in that fight or if he just took it too soon after the beating he took from Glover to Shara. But yeah, that's what I would want for Magomed next. Rally for a fight with Brakovich. And then I guess Brakovich would take it because... If he beats Magomed, he could be like, alright, I fight for the belt next. In, in my opinion, right? So, there's that. What a crazy fight, man. I hope Anthony's okay, first of all. And I hope he could, could come back sooner rather than later, you know? Alejandre Pantoja beats Alex Perez. Dude's a problem. He's a problem. You know why? He's already got a win over Brandon Murray. I don't think he's ever fought. Davison Figueredo, but he's already got a win over Brandon Moreno. Where's he at? Like, he's number two, and Brandon's the interim champ. Now, I do know they want to do Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno next at some point. So what do you do with Alejandro Pantoja? Do you just have him sit and wait, or do you have him fight Kai Carl France? Like, at this point, I don't know. Will Alejandro want to risk his ranking? That dude's a beast, so he might. He might not care. You know, he was originally the number one seed when they wanted a crown, when they were looking for a, a challenger for Demetrius Johnson and they brought in all those champions and Brandon Moreno's the, the number 16 seed. So, he, that'd be a good, I'd rather see him fight Moreno next because they fought in the house because the way they, the way that worked is they all came in and they were already seated. Like, the coaches didn't pick fights, like the fights were already picked for them and they had to so Brandon was the, out of the 16 fighters, he was the ranked last. So since Pantoja was one, Pantoja had to fight him, you know. But that'd be a crazy fight now. It would be a different fight, I'll tell you that much. I would want to see that. Could we get that, Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno, if Figueredo's not ready to go by the end of the year? Can we get that, please, UFC? Please, 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 please. Okay, let's move on. But yeah, that'd be a crazy fight. Or has he fought Askar Askarov? I don't know. I'm going to go check. Because that'd be another crazy fight for Alejandro Pantoja. Knowing him, he probably has. I don't know if he won, but knowing him, he probably has. He lost. Okay, he has fought Askar Askarov, but he lost. There you go. There's a, I don't know if, people, if he's going to want to do that, but there's a fight. You stay active. You wait for this title fight to happen. So, I, I don't know, man. Good stuff coming out of the flyweight division. Good stuff. I was talking to some guy. He's like, nobody cares about flyweights. I'm like, what? What? Bro, nobody cares about your opinion. How about that? Sergey Pavlovich defeats Derek Lewis. Taking nothing away from Sergey, but that was an early stoppage. It was an early stoppage because as soon as you saw where Derek Lewis was getting up. But again, lives are at stake here. These are big boys. So, I don't know if. Um, Dan Mergliato was like, dude, no, and just jumped in, but, like, as soon as he jumped in and got him off, 
you saw where Derek was like, dude, what the heck? Like, he wasn't even, like, stumbling everywhere. He was like, dude, what the heck? You know? So, Sergey Pavlovich defeats Derek Lewis. I believe they should run it back because it was an early stoppage. If not, let's see what you could do with Sergey Pavlovich. Because Curtis Blades might fight the winner of Cyril Gaon and Taitui Basa. That's what they should do next. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, this guy should just sit down and wait. Because you could have him fight Curtis. You could fight, have him fight Ty. He could, if he can somehow manage it, try and get a fight with Stipe. Stipe's open. Imagine he gets it. Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. Because I believe Stipe's sitting out for a title shot. It's worked for him in the past. It's worked for him in the past. So, let's see what happens. But I don't know. Because he was, like, number 12. And then he knocks out Derek Lewis. And he jumped all the way up up to number five it was number 11 because he went up six spots so we shall see for Derek just get back in there um I believe he still has a lot left it was like I said it was early stoppage not like he was getting destroyed in there you know so for Derek you seem to have a lot left so just try and get back in there and get a win Brandon Moreno versus Kai Kara France what a fight first of all what a fight I'm gonna clap for those guys What a fight, man. Like, I don't know what you say to that. Like, you know what you say is, congrats to both guys. Of course, Kai Kara-Franz got the short end of the stick. So this is what happens next. Iggy Figgy is next. But I want to talk about the body kick Brandon was landing all night long. And how he kept going to it. Because I personally gave Kai Kara-Franz one of the first two rounds. I don't remember which one, but I know... I, I didn't give Moreno one of the first two rounds. I might have gave Moreno the second one and Kai the first one. And then, like, Moreno started doing better in the third. But then he did that body kick. You know what it reminded me of? Like, when Boss Ruin used to liver punch guys and they just fold? That's what that reminded me of. And he just jumped on him and pounced on him. And a lot has to do with his new coach, James Krause. That guy's a good coach. Also, congrats to James Krause. He just officially retired. Congrats to you, bro. I know you're going to do great things in the coaching world as you were already doing. So, as I said earlier, Brandon Moreno's probably going to fight Kai, I mean, Iggy Figgy next. Let's look at what we can do with Kai. Kai Kara France is number three. He beat Askar Askarov. I mean, another thing you could do is have him fight Alejandro Pantoja, but I don't know if Pantoja's going to want to do that because Pantoja already beat him. You know? I don't know, man, and and they were saying this weekend that Yair Rodriguez wants to wait for the featherweight title shot, and Dana White turned around and said, you know how I feel about waiting, don't wait. So I don't know, man, like, at this point, I honestly don't know what they would do, because you could go both ways. You could have Alejandro fight Ascar Ascroft, which Kai Kara France beat, or have Kai Kara France fight Alejandro Pantoja just to keep them busy. And it's easy for us to say that, right, because we're not the ones going through training camps. We're not the ones putting our bodies on the line. Like, he wants to fight for the belt. I get that. But right now, the division's clogged. So, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, it's a good problem to have when you're in top four. And, like, just one more win could probably... You know what else he could do is fight Matt Snell. And Matt Snell right now is number eight. But that guy's on a tear right now. So, we shall see. He says he wants to fight at MSG in November. Let's see what happens. UFC 281. Let's see what happens. So you could either give Kai 
Alejandro Pantoja or Ashgar Ashcroft, in my opinion. All right, moving on to the main event. Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. I'm going to read the Discord cards again. 50 and 50 43 That 50-43 has to be that 10-7 round. 10-7 round 3. I'm going to go look. I want to go look him up. Hold on. So, leading into the fight, Amanda was saying a bunch of crazy stuff that I'll get into right now. But leading into the fight, she was making excuses. Like saying a bunch of stuff that was wrong with her. Like she had a bum knee. They told her not to take the fight. And stuff like that. I don't like when fighters say stuff like that because they back themselves into a corner, you know. You back yourself into a corner because... Let's see. One of these judges had to give it 10 7. Let me see. 10 9. Oh no, he gave two 10 8 rounds. I don't know. I would have gave round 3. Fucking 10 7, bro. You knocked her down three times. But no, this 50 43 card is because he, he went 10 8 on round. Douglas Crosby went 10 8 on rounds 2 and round 5. Or was it the second round that she got knocked down three times? I thought it was the third round. It might be the second round. Because Saudi Amato also gave 10-8 in the second round. But I'm telling you that second round could have been 10-7. So, okay. I'm going to read you guys some of the stuff. Let me see if I can find it. Right here it says, Nunez says... She, okay, this is an article from Associated Press that the UFC sent me. It says... Nunez said she wasn't properly prepared for the fight because of knee issues that affected her cardio training. While Nunez didn't want to delay again after being forced to withdraw from a scheduled August bout because of a positive COVID-19 test, she also thought she was ready, but she got hurt and tried in the second round, then tapped out. Oh, not tried, tired. She got hurt and tired in the second round, then tapped out. When unable to escape a rear naked choke. It was the challenge that I needed, Nunez said. I went without a challenge for so long, so now I'm finally like getting into the position that I feel that I like to feel a threat. These are the moments that I shine in, in the most. You see, like she says, I had a bum knee going into that fight. Like to me, that's an excuse because let me tell you something. Seeing what I saw, that it was not a fluke. Could she have been her? Yes, but it was not a fluke. And then after the fight, she says this. Ready? I could have finished her, but I wanted to go five rounds with her tonight to prove I was better than her tonight. Prove that that was a lucky day for her. Like, what? Come on, man. I agree with you. You could have finished her. But here where it says, I wanted to go five rounds with her tonight to prove I was better than her. Like, what? Your face. Like, yeah. She was catching you. That you got scared in the fourth round. You're like, F this. I'm taking you down. Like, come on, man. And then, and then, Bulal Muhammad had this to say. These are Bulal's words. These aren't mine, so don't get mad at me. She's getting too arrogant, saying I could have finished her in the first round if I wanted to, but I wanted to go five rounds so I could show who her who's better. Blah, 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 blah. Get out of here with that. You couldn't finish her. So... That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't look good when you're saying certain things like that. Like, that does not look good. Like, you beat her, okay. What's next? What do you guys think? The third fight. And I also, I'm, I'm kind of bothered. Because I know people really don't care about these UFC rankings. I care about them. 
How does Amanda get her number one spot back by beating Juliana? Did Valentina not beat Juliana too? And you're going to come at me and say, oh, it's because, you know, Amanda beat Valentina twice. I don't care. That was a long time ago. If we're going to look at resumes, who hasn't lost since their fight? Valentina hasn't. Amanda lost in December. So, in, by my opinion, Valentina still should be considered number one pound for pound. Because they haven't fought since. I'm just saying. People are going to be like, ah, oh, you're grasping at straws. Maybe. But I'm just saying. What's next for Amanda rematch Juliana? Like, who else is there? Let's look at the rankings. Who else is there? There's Kellen Vieira. Doesn't interest me. Holly Holm. Doesn't interest me. Irene Aldana. Doesn't interest me. Raquel Pennington. Doesn't interest me. Yana Kuneznaya. Pregnant. Aspen Ladd. Doesn't interest me. <laughs> who is this girl? Sarah, not, not Sarah McMahon. Sarah McMahon. She's probably going to fight coming up. Penny Kinzan, I don't know who that is. Macy Chison, that kind of interests me, but she needs to get back in there and get a win. Misha Tate, doesn't interest me. Carol Rose, doesn't interest me. Nina Landsberg, doesn't interest me. Juliana Alva, doesn't interest me. Norma Dumont, doesn't interest me. What interests me is Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. Three. Like, what else are you going to do? You're going to do Valentina? Valentina should fight Tyler Santos. You like that, fool? You like that? Tyler, you got it? You got I got it right. You like that? I got it right. Don't give me it. Come at me, bro. She should... You know what they should do? This is what they should do. This is what they should do. Listen to me. They should put both girls on the same card. They should put both fights on. They should put Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes 3. Valentina Chipchenko versus Tyler Santos 2 on the same card. That's what you need to do. UFC, listen to me. That's what you need to do. Because then, the, the, the roadmap opens. If Valentina wins, she could fight either of the winner because she has beef with both. Not beef, but history. If somehow Tyler pulls it out, you, you rematch Valentina because Valentina deserves it. Because of the dominant champion she's been. And then, whoever wins there, they can go on reigning in the division, you know. Between Juliana and, and Amanda. But to tell me that Juliana got lucky in December, I don't buy it. Don't buy it at all. Don't buy it at all. I don't. I don't know if you do, but I don't. So that brings me to my next point. There's nobody for Amanda to fight in the featherweight division, and she really wants to fight in, in that weight class. I imagine the 135 cut is getting too hard for her. How old is Amanda? Let's check. I don't know how old she is. She's 34, so I imagine, like, she's peaking right now, so I imagine it's getting a little harder for her. But point being, she wants to fight at the featherweight division. There's nobody there for her. There's only two girls that are viable options here, and they don't even fight for the organization. And you guys know who I'm talking about. Chris Cyborg and Kayla Harrison. Now, what's interesting is I don't know how many fights Chris has left. And she has expressed that she would like to run that back with Amanda. And what, the other thing that's interesting is this is going to be Kayla Harrison's final PFL season. She's going to become an exclusive pay-per-view star in 2023. But from what I heard, they're only going to have those type of events twice a year. And we got to see, man, this Champions Night is going to be very interesting in the sense that is it going to... Because the UFC haven't been pulling good numbers pay-per-view wise so i wonder how much this champions night is gonna pull 
And if they don't pull good numbers, I wonder if they're just going to go back to being on ESPN Plus, you know. We have to see. Because I want to know how, like, the other interesting aspect is ESPN's the middleman between PFL and UFC, right? What I mean by that is they're both on the same network. So can an an executive from ESPN or Disney come in and be like, guys, come on. This could be a good fight. Our numbers are down. We need something that could bring PFL and UFC to come up with some type of deal to do that super fight. Amanda's gone from ATT, so the friendship aspect of the thing is out of there. How they could build it, because Amanda has said it in the past that Kayla was one of the main reasons that she ended up leaving ATT, because I forgot her specific reasonings, but she said that when she first started ATT, she was the only girl, so... I don't know, Amanda felt kind of threatened. So there's that. And then I don't know, with Chris being part of Paradigm, if Connor and Adi can talk about Adi Atar, can talk with Dana because I know they have a very good relationship with him and come to some kind of deal. Like Dana's even said in the past, like, dude, if you don't like me, you don't have to deal with me. You could deal with one of the matchmakers. Like, I wonder if that's even an option at this point, you know? It'd be great because I believe Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg too. It's a good fight. So, I wonder. I wonder. So, there's that. Because other than that, I don't know who else they would have her fight at featherweight. Uh, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for... Okay. But yeah. yeah, I want to read this. I'm not going to read all of it, but I want to read some of it. Davison Figueredo doubts Brandon Moreno's evolution with new team. He's never changed his game. That's the title. I don't agree with that. Davison Figueredo isn't quite ready to bury the hatchet with Brandon Moreno at UFC 277. Moreno knocked out Kai Carr France to claim the interim flyweight title, setting up a future fourth fight with Figueredo in an attempt to build the fight. The UFC brought Figueredo into the cage during Moreno's post-fight interview for a face-off. Given their contentious history, many believe the situation could have turned ugly quickly, but instead Moreno made an impassioned speech squashing their beef and apologizing for anything he did to offend the flyweight champion in the cage. Figueredo accepted the apology and shook his hands with Moreno. But now, a few days removed, Dugas de Guerra is back to business. When I entered the cage, I entered with rage, Figueredo said, through a translator to Ariel Hawani. I'm always looking for a knockout, but Brandon was so sweet during the interview that it was contagious and it kind of rubbed off on me. It kind of calmed the beast in me but I'm back the rage is back and I'm coming for the knockout in the fourth fight Figueredo and Moreno have fought through okay I don't need to say I'm not friends with any kind of traitor Figueredo explained okay this is where I'm gonna stop like bro you guys are in your mid 30s come on dude stop with that what he wanna train somewhere else so look at it it says I'm not a traitor Figueredo explained the first thing he did was he betrayed Henry Cejudo Henry opened his house to him and his family. They lived with Henry Cejudo, and he went to become Joseph Benavidez's sparring partner second after he lost to me. So, what, what did, first of all, didn't Henry have the choice to pick him on the Ultimate Fighter? And he didn't? Joseph Benavidez did? So, of course, they're going to build a relationship. But I don't know if it's that he picked Pantoja and said, Brandon was number 16, he automatically, that, because that was the other thing, right? Like, depending on who you had to fight, you couldn't end up on the same team. But that doesn't matter, you could have picked Brandon first. 
He abandoned his longtime coach for years. A person that helped him, and he left him. So I'm never gonna be friends with the traitor. That I mean, I get what he's saying, and it says help create him, not just helped him. But like, sometimes you hit a plateau, man. Like, he. I love the way he tries to be upset at him, but he just like tries to get things from everywhere, and it's not that big of a deal. I wonder. I like. Now that he says this, I wonder how the coaches in Tijuana feel. Because they probably told him, dude, do what you got to do. Because at the end of the day, that's what we all do, right? Like, do what we got to do, you know? And then and then he got he get, he got upset with Joe Rogan because... I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what Joe Rogan says. I don't think we're ever going to see Davidson Figueredo down at 125 again. And I think those two gentlemen, there's a real argument. That Moreno won the last fight as well, Rogan said. That surprised me, Rogan's... Oh, wait, I forgot. Okay. Let me start all over. As far as UFC color commentator Joe Rogan is concerned, that fight was for the real title based on Moreno's previous performance against flyweight champion Davidson Figueredo, along with the assumption that Dugas de Guerra is done at 125. I don't think we're ever going to see Davidson Figueredo down at 125, and I think those two gentlemen... There's a real argument that Moreno won the last fight as well, Rogan said. Not surprisingly, Rogan's assumptions did not sit well with reigning champion who continues to recover from a recent hand injury. The current timeline has the hard-hitting Brazilian making his return against Moreno at some point by the end of the year. I'm going to show it to him, Figueiredo told reporters backstage. Maybe there could be a friendly wager to make way, and I'm going to show it to him. I'm basically going to tell him what's up. And what's really going to happen? Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Davidson Figueredo, as much as I love Joe Rogan, Davidson Figueredo would probably eat Joe Rogan alive. But this had to be before the... No, no, no. This was... Because I don't believe that fight happens this year. If they're really going to try to do it in Brazil, it's going to be at some point next year. Um, And then this is Dana... Because Dana didn't like the fact that they brought Davidson into the cage. Um, where to go? This is Dana's reaction to the whole face-off thing. It was kind of an in-the-moment thing. And then when he got up there, I was like, well, that's fucking rude. This kid is having a, his moment, and he's got Figueredo standing in his face. White told reporters during the post-event scrum. But it happened. It wasn't horrible. We meant no disrespect to Moreno, but it came out pretty disrespectful. And then it goes on to say, Moreno says he's willing to make the fight happen in December. Figueredo, meanwhile, says he wants it to happen in his home country of Brazil this time around. So, now there's the problem, right? So, let's look at the rankings again. So, Brandon is number one. Frantoja is number two. If, let's remember, okay, the Francis thing is kind of weird, but it's the best example I got. If the UFC comes to Davison and says, alright, December, and he tells them, no, I want to fight until in Brazil, so I'll fight at some point next year, the UFC's going to do this. Alright, you don't want to fight in December? Alejandro Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno, December. They might strip him for the UFC flyweight belt. Dude, please don't do that. Don't, like, I hope they don't do that. I'm saying, I hope they don't. Please don't let that happen. Please. Jeez, man. I hope that doesn't happen. Alright. Closing thoughts. UFC 277 off the chain. Nunez's comments 
I wasn't a big fan of before or after the fight. Although I do agree with her that she could have finished if she wanted to. What's next? The rematch with Pena. Somehow get Chris Cyborg and Kayla in the room to somehow get them to sign a contract, in my opinion, to fight this girl. Oh my lord, hold on. I forgot to do this. Hold on. Oh, you. Real quick, let's look at the fights this weekend. The main event, you got Tiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. Somebody's going to sleep. Co-main event, Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. Man, I'm ready for that. Okay, now this is the Ultimate Fighter heavyweight finale. Zach Pahunga versus Mohamed Usman, um, Kamar Usman's older brother. For the women's flyweight final, you got Brogan Walker versus Juliana Miller. Juliana Miller is part of Team Hurricane. Her jiu-jitsu coach is um, a good buddy of mine, Richie Martinez. He's a black belt under Eddie Bravo. They train out of San Diego. Richie even came out when Julie was going to do her semifinal fight because they could call somebody and she called her coaches. Augusto Sakai fights Sergei Spivak. Ariane Lipsky is fighting Barcila Cachoria. That's uh, Valentina Chevchenko's daughter, who she almost killed. Sam Alvey's coming back. Dude, he's fighting the Polish Nick Diaz, Michelle Olsijuzic. I don't know how to say that. Takashi Sato's fighting Brian Battle. Terrence McKenney is fighting Eric Gonzalez. It's a good card. I am pumped. Oh my god, I can't believe I almost forgot to do this. That's why I do closing thoughts to make myself remember. And I look at all my notes that I wrote down. Okay, but there's that. Good fights. Don't miss them this weekend. They're going to be at the apex. So we're going to be able to hear all the fucking hits. The... You're going to be able to hear all that. So it should be good. But anyway, guys, that's all I got. So let's continue. Santos versus Hill. Great fight card. Featherweight division. What's next for the girls? Like I said earlier, get Amanda and Kayla in a room and somehow get them to agree to fight with Nunez. Figueredo versus Moreno 4. Make it happen. If Moreno doesn't want to fight this year, please push it to next year. Because I know Brandon's got a bad foot and his eye looked pretty bad. Dana White's comments. What can you do, man? Sometimes you don't intend things to be rude, but they're rude. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. Remember, follow me on Instagram, Punch in the Mouth Official. On Twitter, official underscore P-I-T-M. Later. Peace.